TNT Sports Podcast, episode number 54, and this morning I have a well-known actor who was in very well-known shows like Nickelodeon, Wild and Crazy Kids, Smart Guy, and ESPN Show Playmakers, and also well-known for his role as Sweet Pea in the movie Baby Boy, and his resume goes on and on, and also he's the younger brother of Academy Award winner, Cuba Gooden Jr. Ladies and gentlemen, I have Omar Gooden with me this morning. Omar, thanks again for taking time to be on my show. Oh, man, not a problem, baby. All right, now... I'm sure a lot of y'all didn't know. Y'all know how much of a New Orleans Saints fan I am, but do you all know Omar Gooden is a proud member of Who That Nation as well? Well, now you, <laughs> who that? Well, now you know. So we're definitely gonna talk Saints football. So we're gonna get into it. So Omar, how did you get into acting? How did I get into acting? Well, I started when I was ten years old. Uh, my brother was—he um, already had an agent. He had already taken classes, and uh, you know, at ten years old, I didn't have my life mapped out for me. Uh, quite yet, you know, so it just happened by chance that I went and picked up a script for him at his agent, and when his agent took a look at me, uh, she thought I had the right look, and uh, 
as maybe, you know, I can make it as a child actor. So, um, you know, I begged my mom for about a month straight, and uh, she finally let me go on a couple auditions, you know, with the promise that I kept my grades up, which is mandatory anyway, because you need to have a work permit. Right. And you need to, you know, maintain at least a C average. And, uh, you know, as God would have it, I went out and had two auditions in one day, and I booked one of them. That was the very first time I went out, and that very first thing I booked was uh, an a, a industrial film uh, called McGruff the Crime Dog. You know, I know y'all remember McGruff take a fight out of crime. Yeah. Uh, but it was one of those, one of those uh, you know, films that they play in schools and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I got the bug after that, especially after I got that first little check. And uh, the rest was history. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, was there a lot of pressure being the younger brother of Cuba Gooding Jr.? No, not at all, because, you know, for one, there's two ways to look at it. For one, uh, we're brothers, yeah. you know, so for me, his success is my success. Right. I was never a negative uh, when I was going to maybe like an audition or if I would meet somebody that's in the industry and I would let them know that he is, in fact, my brother. It was always a positive. Oh, that's your brother? Oh, I love him. Oh, show me your money. You know, it was yeah. like a icebreaker when I was walking through rooms. Uh, especially audition rooms and stuff like that. So uh, for me, it's always been a plus, you know. And I was I was so proud of him. You know, we're very close. Uh, not close in age, you know. That's my big brother. Yeah. You know, he's ten years older than me. So me, I always idolized him and looked up to him. And uh, you know, I didn't necessarily like follow him into the business, but it just so happened when the doors opened for me. That's just how it was. You know, I started off doing comedy and, and sitcoms and television where he just broke straight to the screen. You know what I mean? So our, our careers took separate paths. Um, but, it, you know, it's just all in the family. Like, our, our parents are both entertainers. So it's just in the blood, one way or another. You know, I've all, all these questions. You weren't an actor, what else would you do? Uh, I'd still be in entertainment in some, in some form. And I believe that sports, even more so now, is, is entertainment. It's a lot, you know, it's a lot about dedication and hard work, but at the end of the day, we're entertaining people and our fans, showmanship, stuff like that. Um, you know, if I wasn't in the entertainment business, I would definitely be an athlete. You know, funny, another quick story. When I went to high school, uh, my first year as a freshman, I went straight to the football field and uh, for tryouts football. And Coach gave a speech about how it's all about dedication and you have to give 110%, no excuses. And this is the first day of school. Practice begins as soon as the bell rings. You know what I mean? So right after school, be your ass here for practice. And, you know, the people that are here every day and dedicated will make the squad. And, you know, everybody left. I walked over to the coach. I said, yeah, coach, look, you know, you look at me and see, I'm, you know, I'm built for this. I'm ready to, I'm ready to get down. However, uh, I have an audition today, and I have to uh, be on set on Monday. And, uh, you know, some days I might not be here, and I was into that conversation. That was the end of my football career right there. Right. So, you know, it was pretty, uh, <laughs> you know, so it was a dream come true for me to land a role in Playmakers on ESPN because I was able to, you know, live out those dreams, uh, even if it was only for about six or seven months. But damn if I didn't get the full experience. But we were out there in uh, Toronto filming alongside the CFL players. And, uh, you know, every day we walked in the locker room and we were doing drills, sprints and runs. And I was looking at these guys like, oh, shit, I got to step my game up. So I was working out every day. And, you know, if you watch the show, you'll actually see uh, my physically changed throughout the episode, which is funny. <laughs> we actually went back and reshot the scene. Another quick story, we did the 40-yard dash. The one famous scene that if anybody watches the show, yeah, you can go check it out. The first scene where, where DH is introduced, he's doing push-ups, and then he pops up from the push-ups, and then he goes into a race with the then uh, lead uh, running back, 
and we, you know, we did beautiful the that. We filmed that thing over and over and over again. The athletes watching us film it, because we were really, really running, watching us film it, said, damn, man, they put y'all through the ringer. We don't have to run the 40 that many damn times. <laughs> and uh, I wound up blowing out my hamstring on, like, the final take. It was just crazy. And then I had, like I said, gotten into better shape as the months went along, and the producers came to me and they said, listen, here, you look so good right now. We want to refill some of the stuff that we did in the first month. And I said, well, as long as it ain't that scene where I had to run the 40, 50 times and they faced that all somber, and they were like, absolutely, that's exactly what we want to do. Yeah. So I had to redo that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, and it was beautiful. So by the time I was done with that season, I fulfilled uh, every aspect of what to see what it was like to be a star athlete. I mean, uh, you know, especially being the, you know, that character where he's flashy, he's wearing the suits and whatnot. We get off set, we be done. I go out and hang out in downtown Toronto, which was just a beautiful place, man. I got nothing but love for Toronto out there, Canada. I had a ball. And uh, so, yeah, man, that's, that's me rambling and uh, giving you the whole spiel just a little bit of something. Yeah, yeah that sh- we used to love that show. Me and my brothers watch that show all the time, Playmakers. But speaking of Playmakers, now before we get to talk about New Orleans Saints football, I want to ask you about Playmakers. Uh, the character you played by the name of Demetrius Harris, number 39, a rookie running back from Colorado, uh, who was wild on the show. And can you talk about um, what it was like to portray him as a pro- professional athlete? Well, it was, it was awesome. Like I said, uh, you know, he, he really got down. I mean, if you watch uh, what was it about like the workouts, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know what I mean? So 
we were putting in 110 percent on every aspect, making sure we looked good, be good, took care of ourselves, went out, you know, didn't get in trouble. We felt, you know, I mean, we felt like real athletes trying to protect ourselves for a long career. And uh, you know, when we got the news that it wasn't getting picked up, we were, uh, you know, we were upset to say But we understood because the NFL, you know, no matter, even though they said we had to not mention that we were portraying characters that make the storylines came from the NFL. Uh, it still was making a backlash on the owners, and as we see now, the owners don't play. Right. Yeah. So like I said that was a dope show. I used to love watching that show. So let's go ahead and get into Who That Nation. Now, how long have you been a yeah. How long have you been a New Orleans Saints fan? Man, I've been a New Orleans Saints fan now. It's, you know, uh, when I filmed, uh, uh, but, you know, another quick story about playing makers. If I did a movie with that never was released, it was called The Playmaker. And it stars Boris Kojo, Zoe Saldana, myself, a couple other players from the NFL. Uh, and it was, it was a real gritty storyline, uh, you know, street urban about a guy that did football and friends uh, with accidents, got a little older, came back, rejoined the league, uh, you know, and so forth and so on. It was a good script, good story. We shot about half the film. We shot it in New Orleans. Right. So I stayed out there for about three months filming it, but then the fund, the funding ran out for the film. This is a common thing that happens in Hollywood. Sometimes people just overreach or overspend. The investors don't see what they want to see, and they just say, "Look, I'm not putting up money in. I already put what I said I put in, and things shut down." So it shut down, and you know I was already out there living. So I, I remained out there for a couple more months until it just, you know, kind of hoping that it would start back up. And then eventually, uh, once I realized that it wasn't going to keep going, I just went home. And then when I came back home to L.A., maybe a week later, I got an audition with a script for a series called Playmakers. We just discussed how that was. Yeah. Um, but, so, you know, so I always had a uh, Fort New Orleans. Um, I stayed right in the French Quarter, right down there. This was before the flood everything hit. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of friends out there, but a lot of people, a lot of good people, man. I really have love, love, and respect. Um, even when I returned back uh, a couple months ago, man, I had a really good time just reconnecting with everybody. And uh, for me, as a football fan, you know, my history as a sports fan in general didn't begin until I was, uh, you know, 41 now. And it didn't begin until I was around 20 years old, like 18, 20. Because before then, my acting career had me so busy that I would just focus on that, basically. You know, I had I had my, you know, my little time doing whatever and, you know, and other stuff to talk about. But when yeah. I was around, like I said, around 12 years old, I landed in a regular series role on a show called Wild and Crazy Kids. It ran for three years. Yeah. Immediately after that, I landed in a show called Angry Cooper. It ran five years. And then I had another series called Smart Guy that ran three more years. By the time all those finished running, I was about 22. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when I moved out of my parents' house, was when I got around my age, I had a bunch of roommates, stuff like that. Then I started watching, really getting into sports. You know what I mean? Because when I lived in my mom's house, it's all about the grades, it's all about the shows, the series, and studying my craft. So I didn't, you know, I wasn't going to be an athlete, so I didn't have as much interest in it. But when I moved in and got roommates, you know, the first uh, team I became a fan of, as far as sports go, was the Lakers, because I'm an L.A. boy, okay? Yeah. Uh, now, you know, some diehard Lakers, but in uh, they old six. Uh, well, actually, a couple years before that, I, got, I started watching college, USC, and just a fan of all the L.A. teams. I'm a Dodger fan, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And when I saw this guy named Reggie Bush from USC, I was immediately enamored with how he played. And I, I followed him through his whole career, you know, that big Texas game that broke everybody's heart. And uh, I couldn't wait to see where he got drafted. But once they drafted him, 
They picked up Fruit Free. They had uh, a couple other groupies playmakers on the team with Chicago. But with John Payton, I said, man, this, this is going to be the team. I'm telling y'all to watch it. I just began <laughs> being a fan. And every year, I would just follow them and follow them. You know, everybody would oh, I got the Saints I got the uh, Saints jerseys on. And I'm who that nation we had. I'm going in about it. And then in 09, obviously, it was just, it was just a very, very, very good year for everybody. Uh, Alabama, man. Shout out to Troy, Alabama, and I've been a Saints fan for a while myself. So, and plus, it's nothing like the city of New Orleans anyway. But uh, have you ever, have you ever experienced a Saints game day? If so, can you let my listeners get into, get your personal experience of it? Because my experience is there is nothing like it. Black and gold everywhere. All the bars jam packed uh, downtown. Oh man, yeah. That is that, that is going to happen this year. That was definitely going to happen this year. I have not been. Tell you, it's lit, man. It's crazy. Jam packed everywhere. Yeah. Uh, now, now I want to say this real quick, just to put this out there. Like one of my past interviews with Sonny Lee from Bravo Southern Charm New Orleans said, the Saints bring everybody together, the rich, the poor, the upper class, lower class. It's a different type of vibe you get with the Saints, and I don't think any other team in the NFL bringing what the Saints bring to our community. Uh, the players are always out and about in the city, interacting with the people. So. I just wanted to say that, so we'll get back into it real quick. But Omar, I don't, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the preseason, but they looking pretty decent out, out there. Do you, do you see them making it to ATL for the Super Bowl this year? Oh, I think it's definitely a run. It's, 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 like I said, it's our year, man. We were so close last year with that heartbreaking loss. Yeah. Um, but it, it was kind of a season where, and so I was telling people, you know, they're like, oh, I know you were devastated, but like, he kept losing games either right at the end or to some questionable calls. And as I was watching that last game, you know, calls the way they were going against us, I had, I was, you know, we were behind by a lot as well. You right. know, I, I kind of was just, I was cheering, jumping through the roof and going crazy like everybody else. I got a couple fans over here, man. Yeah. But it, 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 I almost had that, yes, I knew it kind of feeling. I know that we won. 
So I can't wait. I can't wait to sit down and watch. Matter of fact, we done with this. I got one little run to make, and then I'm gonna go sit down and watch the rest of that bad boy, man. But I'm really excited about the preseason and this whole season coming. I like the schedule too. I don't think it's. I think it favors us. Yeah. Honestly, you know, a lot of these other teams, I look at the schedule like, damn, they got them coming out the gate like that. We start off 0 and 6, 0 and 4, and have to pull this out and that out. But I think the defense has so much proof, man. Offense is already ready to go. We got this, you know, the running game is obviously a two-headed monster, man. I think, yeah, I think that's it, man. I mean, what else do you need? You know, you got a strong offense, you got a stronger defense. Full speed hit, that's championship, baby. Yep, yep. Now, speaking of that, that last play that happened um, last season that ended it for us, the safe, now safety Marcus Williams missed a big, a big play last season against the um, Vikings, Stephon Diggs, which he went in for a touchdown and won the game, which put, put us out of the playoffs. What was your thoughts on that play? I was hurt, but I truly feel that he's going to make up for it this year. He's been grinding. No, exactly. He's definitely going to make up for that. I mean, he also was the one that put us back in the game with that inception. Right. So it was hard to just say, oh, man, he's cut. You ain't going to never see him again. It's like, no, nah, that was, it was just, I mean, it was a humongous, ginormous mistake. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, one of the things I'm glad he's a rookie. He got that out of the way. That shit ain't going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was the type of thing where you like, oh, man, he must have had some money on the game. So, like, <laughs> when you think about it. But then when we, you know, you really sit down and look at it, okay, no, he just, he just made a bad play, man. You know, and you know, can't, can't throw him out with the bath water right there. You just gotta say, okay, you gonna make up for this, brother. No, we gonna see. We gonna see. We gonna definitely see, man. But I think, like I said, I think the schedule favors us. We got a young team. Every, you know, stay away from the, uh, the injury bug. And the sky's the limit, man. We can run off a couple of them, I think. Because, you know, Drew's right there. He, he, he's always the man. But he's ready to win another one. You know what I'm saying? So I think his motivation and throws, uh, his couple things, I'm like, come on, Drew. Just lock it <laughs> in, baby. You know, he doesn't have to do as much when you know you can rely on your defense. You know what I'm saying? So maybe I think he'll just make better decisions. Not that he's made awful ones, but I've seen, you know, like, like I said, I'm a Laker fan. I've seen Kobe have to push it when he knows that he has to carry the whole team. And then he winds up blowing the town, you know, the Achilles and blah, 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 and then you see all that round out. But you know what I mean? But with football, it's a team effort. Team squad, Sean Payton, even his, the way he makes his calls sometimes, when he's like, I don't want to have to worry the defense to get us out of this or they're messing this game up. Let's go for it. Yeah. Or let's try this play where we go for a couple extra yards. It's like, can't you kick the ball? <laughs> yeah. Get it over there to the defense. Let's play field position and let's win this game. Don't have you don't have to say, well, I got Drew Brees. Let's make this happen or let's get it to our run. You know, it's, you know I, I think if, if you know that you have a defensive trust, it'll make your offense even better. It, a really good offense, and they don't have to work as hard. We good to go, and then with, you know when they're clicking with the running game, when the running game lets the defense rest, so the defense will be better and everything else will trickle on down. Man, I'm really excited. All right. And what's your thoughts on our running back duo, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara? We, I think we got the best running backs in the league duo. Thousand percent, thousand percent. What I love about it is it's not a competition. It's not like uh, the fictitious uh, playmakers who yeah. had two running backs on the team that were competing and didn't like each other. These dudes seem to genuinely like each other, and they also feed off each other, and they're happy for one another. And they know there's plenty of touches for the two of us, so don't even worry about it. It's not like we drafted another, which was funny when we picked up uh, Adrian Peterson. It was like, what? They picked this dude up for Yeah, like, that hurt. Yeah.
And it's not like one guy came from some place and trying to prove himself and they don't get along. Nah, these brothers. And, you know, Ingram got his arm around the youngster and they just rocking out. So, you know, I feel good about this. I think it's going to be really something special. They're going to break another record this year. Why? Yeah, true. And I said the same thing about Adrian Peterson last year. Like, why we pick him up for? I like, he ain't gonna last long. <laughs> he ain't gonna last long. Yeah, he ain't gonna last long. It was better for him to get him out of there. He was doing all right over there in Arizona towards the latter end of his career. You know, let him finish out over there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but no, man, we solid, man. We we a thousand percent. Like I said, I feel good. I even even after the way we ended, I was like, okay, that's cool. At least I know it wasn't like we had a bunch of old players who had their last gasp, their last try before they all retire or get shipped off or whatever. Now we got a young core that's hungry, and especially losing like that, we don't see. We don't see the first few games. We don't see why. Yeah. We usually don't go that hard in preseason. So you come out with these little wins right here, make say, all right, they got a different mindset. It's all about win, 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 win. So we run off, get a good record, and have some rest. I think it's going to be all right, man. I, I, I definitely see us in the Super Bowl this year, 1,000%. For sure. 1, for sure, for sure. Now, speaking of the Saints defense, how you feel about them this evening coming up? Because they already got a beast at the end. My guy Cam Jordan and second-year Marshawn Lattimore uh, backfield, and they just added Mar- uh, Ricky Marcus Davenport and many more. What do you think of the defense bringing, what do you think the defense bringing this season? That's what I'm saying. I'm, saying, I'm thinking of the defense – Led by, you have a couple of veterans in there with Cam and them who already, who already know they've suffered the losses, they've suffered the heartbreak, and they've got the discipline, they keep getting better and better. Now we've got these young guys who had the early success, and then they got that one big failure last year to end off the season. I think all of that works together for good for us. You know what I mean? The youngsters are listening to the old guys. Old guys are putting their arms around the youngsters. And and it, it's nothing but sky's the limit going forward, man. I think the defense, you know, it's faster, it's stronger, it's younger, and it's smarter. The IQ level is way up. Because there were a lot of dumb mistakes, I thought, the couple of years before. This little thing, tackling, you know, just simple simple things you got to go back to. And, you know, even ironically, that was the last thing that hurt us was the lack of tackling. Uh, but yeah. That's play. But uh, I think you know, like I said, I think this year, I think they're definitely going to probably going to be at least the, I'd say the third, third or fourth best best defense in the game, guaranteed. And rank and numbers, I think the statistics are going to be way higher. They're going to be an entirely different team by the end of the season. People are looking at them like, oh damn, Saints, they they for real, they back there. Right. Absolutely. Now we lost one of, in my book, one of the best owners in the NFL a few months ago, Tom Benson, who. By the way, was very interactive with the community of New Orleans. Did a lot for the community. Do you feel that loss is motivation for the Saints? Oh, most definitely. Because you can tell every time we came in the zone, especially like that year in 09, you know, they're an emotional team, you know. And to lose somebody who was that good to the community and the team and stood by his players, stand by his community, oh, it's definitely going to be a rally. I'm, I'm interested to see the uh, memoriams and the dedications that we do and just, just you know I hope they got a patch on their sh- on, on you know on their sleeve on their shoulder on their helmet for yeah, it yeah they do go in and just play for him they know they, they know he's watching yeah they got the patches on the hill on the jersey and the helmet I seen your picture though Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's go, man. Yeah, so I mean, it's gonna be a big motivation for them guy because he he was with all the players and he did all a lot for them, man. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, so, it's gonna be big. It's gonna be big, big year, man. Very important. Yeah. Go ahead and get this championship. Get it out the way. Go ahead and lock one in. Yeah. And then uh, we'll worry about the next season. Right. Now we'll jump out of who that nation for a second. Uh, we'll jump to the Lakers since you're a Lakers fan. I'm a I'm a diehard LeBron fan. How you feel about him taking his talents to LA, bringing his talents to LA? Yeah, man, but that's another long-winded conversation. How do I start here? Uh, first of all, I'm a, <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a diehard Kobe. Uh, so it, it, it had me, and I say had now, 
uh, torn uh, when we had talks about LeBron James coming. I mean, it's always been kind of like a rumor. Um, but my, my initial problem I have was never with LeBron the man, never with his actual talent and skill set, uh, but with the fact that they just, you know, even though it was just a nickname because of you know, James, King James, yeah. but they crowned him King while Kobe was still out there doing phenomenal things. And it just made Laker fans kind of be like, eh, I ain't jumping on that bandwagon. Like, ah, you got to prove what Kobe wouldn't have to swear, this and that, blah, 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 blah. And I think he was um, lacking in a few just mental toughness er- areas. But the thing that really did it for me is that not only did Kobe, when he went to the Olympics with him, tell him, man, look, you got to put your head down and you can run this league. And then you saw the change in him after he played Kobe in the Olympics. And he started being a different type of player. Um, I think now, right now, is the absolute best time for him to come to the Lakers. Because I, I, I have been admiring him uh this last season and the towards the end of the last season uh, uh season prior just how he plays how he's taken over how he's made the guys around him better and then his ability to actually carry the team uh you know obviously his, his, he had a heartbreaking loss too with how jr did that bone and play yeah <laughs> he was like my god like come on man so that's it's all motivated it's all about mental stuff man. and that just zapped it out of him he's like man you still got the whole uh, overtime but he's just like come on man i can't i'm, I'm not doing this for myself but I, just, i've already put up 50 we'll put up another 15 points overtime and then we get off it's just all him they let's give him everything but anyway uh so i was still a little torn before he actually signed to the lakers but when you got here and it actually happened i was like i said i moved feeling um, it was something where I did an interview with Clipper Darrell on his show, and he said, how do you feel about LeBron? And I said, well, I'll, I'll tell you like this. Before he came, I said, I don't want him per se. Like, I would rather have, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and our young nucleus that we have so that we, re- we retain our identity as Lakers and then go forward and do our thing. Um, but when he came, I was excited because I said, well, the good news is at least we don't have to worry about trading everybody just to get Kawhi Leonard. Now that we got LeBron, we should be able to keep the young core. I'm pretty sure that was half the selling point for him to come anyway and say, oh, you got young talent around. I might not have to work as hard. All I got to do is coach these guys, show them my work ethic. And, uh, you know, we bring in a couple more playmakers, not just a bunch of three-point specialists that's going to sit over there and wait for LeBron to pass on the ball, but bringing some hard workers around him. We've already got a young nucleus with LeBron, the best player in the world. I said what I am actually saying it now. You got my ah. <laughs> but he is the man. He's in the prime of his physical life, and I think his hand is right. I'm saying it's, it's a good time to be a Laker fan right now. And for me personally, and I'm standing by this, I have tons of Lakers jerseys. I've got to get a couple of these new ones, but I will not buy a LeBron James Lakers jersey until he wins a ring for the Lakers. That's just it. Uh-huh. That's just how I feel. <laughs> That's how I feel. I want you. I'm not a hypocrite. I thought when I get to the Staples Center and I look up in the Raptors, all the new bandwagon fans, the LeBron James fans, I welcome you. Thank you. Come on in. Welcome to the Lake Show. That's all good and all well. But I know you'll have the number 23 jersey on. I just want to see you. Identify yourself. I don't want nobody coming in here and claim, oh, yeah, and they just jump on the bandwagon and they got on the Coke jerseys. No, no, have the LeBron jersey. You're LeBron fan? That's what you need. Okay, cool. Now I know why you're here. And we can celebrate accordingly. Right. But I will not buy one until we win one. And, and you know, and I'll be ever grateful to him. Now, there's a couple other reasons why I'm excited. Uh, because he brought back the excitement back to L.A. 
Pleasure interviewing LeBron James' best friend, played high school ball with him, so it was dope. But um, nice. uh, but yeah, man. And real quick, what you think about Levar Ball? What he said about LeBron? He said that uh, his son can show, uh, make LeBron better. Alonzo Ball. Uh, <laughs> I know what he, I know what he means. You know, and me, I'm one of those people too. I've always been on the other side of the argument. Like every time Kobe got in trouble, I was the best uh, yeah. The only time I ever went against Kobe is when we had Shaq. And then we were saying, are we going to get rid of Shaq or Kobe? I'm like, fuck Kobe. You know, it's all about Shaq. But when Shaq left, I'm a Laker fan. I didn't say I'm not a Laker fan no more. I'm following Shaq. No, I'm a Laker, man. So when Shaq left, I'm riding with the kid. And then I was able to, like I said, pay attention to this boy, 82 games. And I saw the miraculous things he did night in and night out. So anyway, you know, with the with the, um, with the the LeVar thing, I, you know, he does talk too much. I wish he would, you know, it's kind of hard to tell somebody. This is how you've made your career. This is how you've made your money. This is how you've made your sons great. Now, when you get to the big league, stop doing it. Right. It's hard to say that. It's hard. You can't just turn it off. Stop being himself. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, even though they've done a pretty good job of trying to keep them the hell quiet, they're like, shut up and don't mess this up. Let's let LeBron get here and everybody else. <laughs> so he, he tries to suck it in, which, which is one thing. So I get what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Make, I, don't mean, I don't think he means make it better. He's already the best. He can't get, you know, I mean, he can always improve, but I think he's going to make his job easier. 
yeah, yeah. Instead of liking his workload, we would still, I don't know if we still, but we, we, we definitely, Kobe's career could have ended a lot different if he didn't have to work so hard to where he, his body could suck and fall apart to be playing, you know, 48 damn minutes and taking every single shot. Like, you know what I mean? If he had a little help in the latter part of his career, he could have expanded a little bit more. LeBron can now do that. He can last until his son is playing, which would be a fun thing to watch. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think LeBron, I mean, I think Lonzo can help him, definitely. Um, I, I, don't, I, I don't, again, I don't know about the word better, but, you know, uh, my son will make him better. My son will lighten his load for him, and it may click. Yeah. And uh, the boy does the right thing, and, you know, we know that Lonzo doesn't have an ego problem. Lonzo doesn't. I think LeVar has so much ego that he just sucked it. <laughs> he yeah. got it all, you know what I mean? Ain't nothing left. Talk it'd be fun to me, so uh, he's funny as hell to me. That's what I'm saying. I get his humor, I get his excitement, and he's a black man making it with his mouth and his, and his gifts and, and pushing it, you know, and not afraid. Can't, can't tell a secret, can't be really mouth, can't be quiet, man. You gotta speak on it, make it happen, you know. So, hey, you know, back his kids have to back it up, and they, they're not bothered by the pressure, and so be it. Yeah, I mean, he's doing this thing, man, um, especially supporting his family and stuff, so I, I respect it. <laughs> Okay, last but not least, Omar, what you got going on now? And also, what's next up for uh, you? What people should look out right for? On. So, uh, for the last six years, I've been doing a series called Family Time, which is on the Bounce Network. So, uh, shout out to all my bouncers, my bounce faithfulists who have helped us get picked up for uh, also a seventh season, which begins in 2019. Uh, be on the lookout for season six. It starts airing in the fall on Bounce TV. If you want to get, if you don't know about Bounce TV, it's an over the over the air broadcast network for African American programs. Yeah. Uh, it's, there's Bounce, there's BET, there's TV One, and then there's Bounce. But it's very up and coming and strong. Over the last few years, since we started with our original programming, the numbers are through the roof. The viewership is up. Uh, they actually have combined with another network, so the sponsorship is up. The dollars are up. Uh, everything is, is, is beautiful in the land of, of, of Bounce. Um, so I'm very happy that they give me that opportunity. Uh, shout out to Bentley Kyle Evans, who is the creator, uh, executive producer, and director, who also uh, was the uh, producer of Martin and James Bacho. So he knows what he's doing when it comes to sitcoms. So all the people that say, oh, man, we miss you on television with Hangman Cooper and Smart Guy. Well, hey, I'm now running. Uh, I'm leading the cast of Family Time. I'm also one of the producers and a writer, so I'm writing episodes. Uh, next thing up is directing. Uh, but for now, my plate is awfully full. I have a... A live streaming network called MotoTV.tv. So if you have any live streaming, you got the, uh, the, the Fire Stick, you got a Black Box, you got any any of those live streaming networks. Go to MotoTV.tv and you can see my live 24/7 content. 
Uh, we have a day called Blowing Up Gooding where I show a lot of my shows and clips and behind the scenes and stuff like that. And we have a like Saturday, we do all music videos. So if you have a music video, hit me in my inbox. You can follow me at Omar Gooding on Instagram. Uh, I have Twitter and Facebook, but it's all linked to the Instagram. So hit me in my DM for business and we'll talk about it. Uh, looking for more content. Uh, we also, you know, we, we put independent films on there. <clears throat> Excuse me, and interviews and behind the scenes. A lot of stuff that we do out in the community, we, we just we put it all on there, man. So it's, it's, it's a striving network. We're happy about it. It's thriving. It's building. Uh, more you guys support, the more I'll get back. Um, by you know, just keeping it keeping it strong, man. I got a couple films out that I'm finishing that are all coming out right about now, and I'm also doing music. I'm currently getting the big old album done. Oh, so I'll just keep the ears open for it. Um, I have a couple of singles that I'm gonna start dropping in the next month or so, and about the end of the year, I'm gonna drop uh, one EP. I'm gonna try to drop three EP by next summer. So I'm gonna get one out by the end of this year. Uh, the second one out will be probably around March, and then the last one out for next summer. So hey, man, I'm busy. I'm busy. And all top of all that, I'm raising no more this year. I'm just one around here, keeping me busy, doing daddy duties when I'm not at work. Uh, when I'm not on set, so uh, so yeah, man, God is good, man. You know, looking forward to all the sports coming back, so I can sit back, while I can tape all my games, and watch them at night. So I have a night out, yeah. But I'm not in the studio or running my network or on set uh, or holding my boy. I'm uh, repping that food app and that late show all day long. Definitely. So, so whenever you're in New Orleans, just holler. We can link up or something. Thousand percent. I just went. I wish we, I wish we had uh, connected when I went last time. So I had a ball out there, but I, like I said, I'm gonna come see a game. So when I come see my first game, man, you're gonna be right there with me. So get at you. Cool, cool. All right, Omar. That's all I have, man. Do you have any other shout outs? Uh, yeah, like I said, just uh, follow me at Omar Goody um, on Instagram, and I'm gonna keep y'all posted on everything I got going on. Uh, shout out to uh, the about uh, Bentley Kyle Evans, uh, One Shot Film. And, uh, hey, man, Moto TV, you all the way live. We in there, man. Big old still. Awesome. Cool, cool. Oh, my man, thanks again for taking time to be on your show, be on my show, man, with your busy schedule. Appreciate you, fam. Talk to you in a minute. All right. Okay, this, right. this is TNT Sports Podcast, episode number 54. Good morning, and who that? Welcome back to TNT Sports Podcast, episode number 54. This is the wrap-up of the show. Uh, real quick, man, again, I want to thank Omar Gooden for taking time to be on my show, man, from uh, being all the way in L.A., reaching out to New Orleans, man, who that nation stand up. So definitely big shout out to Omar Gooden. And looking forward to hanging with him when he come back down, when he come down to the city, we go catch a Saints game or something. Uh, that's pretty much it, man. I want to do the wrap-up, man. Uh, real quick, my social media platform, my Instagram is at Mr. Underscore T Underscore ENT Underscore Sports. Uh, reach out to me on Instagram. My Gmail, if you ever want to reach out to me, is tntsports14 at gmail.com. My Facebook page is t-ent sports Facebook page. And my Twitter is at t underscore ent sports. So if you ever want to reach out to me for a shout out or you, you want to get on the show or anything, just reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to. I will definitely reply. Uh, also, man, I'm working on some things, trying to get uh, things ready for my next back to school drive, which I will be doing here in New Orleans next year, as well as my hometown of Troy, Alabama. So I'm um, trying to work out ways to fundraisers to get that popping off, man. Uh, also, man, we're getting ready for the uh, football season, man. Shout out to Who That Nation. Stand up, man. I can't wait. Excited, man. Preseason going on right now. They're looking pretty decent. They, they played the Jaguars last week, and they got uh, Arizona uh, this week. Uh, I think Friday, I believe. So we're looking forward to that as well. So if you, 
Uh, and if you ever in the city, just holler at me as well, man. And also, my website coming, man. I had to push it back a little bit because I had a uh, family situation where I lost a uh, cousin, man. My favorite, one of my cousins, my first cousins. Uh, so I'm taking that. So please pray, pray for my family and all that good stuff. So uh, again, man, reach out to me. Uh, website coming soon. Multi and T Sports podcast coming soon, man. Steady climbing, trying to make things bigger. So hey, that's it, man. Let's, y'all have a good day, good morning. Enjoy your day at work, kid. Enjoy your day at school. I know a lot of y'all starting back school, man. And uh, strive for greatness like my, like my guy King James say, man. So uh, also shout out to LeBron James with his school, man. That's 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 big move to start his own school up in his hometown. That's crazy. That's amazing. But, hey, that's it, man. Y'all be blessed. It's TNT Sports Podcast, episode number 54. Good morning. Y'all stay blessed. Salute. Get it, get it.